from NPM, the National Association of Pastoral Musicians. This is episode 168 of Ministry Monday. Ministry Monday is a weekly podcast about music, ministry, and liturgy produced by the National Association of Pastoral Musicians, or NPM. What is NPM? NPM is a national association that fosters the art of musical liturgy. The members of NPM serve the Catholic Church in the United States as musicians, clergy, liturgists, and other leaders of prayer. For more information, go to npm.org forward slash join. Have a question? Email us anytime at ministrymonday at npm.org. Hello, and welcome to Ministry Monday. I am your host, Amanda Bruce. If you're new to the podcast, hello, we are so glad that you're tuning in with us. Each week, Ministry Monday offers a podcast episode for the church music minister on topics that seek to help you learn, grow, challenge, and inspire. If you haven't done so already, I encourage you, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts each week. And hey, thanks for joining us. At this point, it goes without saying, but the COVID-19 pandemic has forced many of us to re-envision so much of what we do in ministry. While many of us are restarting choirs to an extent and returning to the planning of normal music ministry life, the disruption of our normal habits and resources may allow a space to evaluate what our parish needs right now and for the next stage of ministry. This was the mindset from which I started our episode today. Today, I sat down with Adam Bartlett. He is the founder and CEO of Source and Summit, a Catholic technology company and liturgical publisher dedicated to helping parishes elevate the liturgy. To be honest, I didn't know much at all about Source and Summit, and I thought I'd reach out to see if they could share a bit about their mission and their missile. Full disclosure, though, this is not a sponsored episode by Source and Summit, but they do go into depth about the context from which the missile was born and what we as pastoral musicians can expect for this new resource on the market. Today on Ministry Monday, I am speaking with Adam Bartlett from Source and Summit. Hey, Adam, how are you? Great, Amanda. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm well. Thank you for being willing to be on Ministry Monday today. It's my pleasure. I'm really grateful for the invitation. Well, I'm glad that we're sitting down to talk about Source and Summit because Source and Summit is a missile that I will be honest and hope it's okay I say this and start this way, but it's relatively new to me. And from what you shared, I think it's a relatively new missile. Am I right? Yeah, it's brand new. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a new annual missile that's uh, becoming available. It's available now uh, for, for order and it will um, take effect. It'll begin on the first Sunday of Advent in the coming liturgical year. Right. Okay. So it's an annual missile then. That's right. Yeah. So okay. it's actually growing out of uh, its predecessor, which is the Lumen Christi missile. Some, some people might be more familiar with that, uh, which we've published as well. Source and Summit is actually a rebrand and expansion of uh, Illuminare publications that I founded in 2011. So we've been serving parishes really for a decade now. 
And, um, you know, I think we have 50, 60,000 uh, Lumen Christi missiles and hymnals out in parishes. And uh, all that is kind of coming together and growing and expanding with the Source and Summit missile and its accompanying digital platform. Cool. That's great. Now, you just alluded to the fact that, of course, it it has its roots in the Lumen Christi missile. So what was the thought process behind the genesis of the Source and Summit missile itself? Yeah, so uh, source, the Source and Summit missile and the Source and Summit brand, really, in, in organization and vision uh, is, is uh, an expansion and uh, kind of further development of what Illuminari publications began. And really our aim is, I, I would say, twofold. One is to try to meet as many parishes where they're at, you know, as, as, as possible uh, through practical resources and tools that are, um, you know, accessible and, 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 you know, can, can really meet parishes wherever they find themselves. And then secondly, the vision is, is very focused on helping parishes um, and Catholics in our, in our day connect what's happening in the liturgy and authentic liturgical participation to the the broader uh, uh, aspects of the church's life and mission. So we're really trying to cast a vision uh, that, you know, the liturgy is situated upon the, the mountaintop um, and, you know, what's happening in efforts for the new evangelization and, you know, all the great apostles. I've been in Denver for the past five years and it's really like new evangelization apostolate uh, central, you know, you have focus and you have Augustine Institute and so many others. Um, and so often I think we have um, these different realms and different efforts within the church's life, um, you know, not seeing eye to eye. There, there's even some sometimes conflict and competition uh, that, that happens specifically in the area of music, right? So a big part of what we're trying to do is to cast a vision that helps, you know, remove some of these artificial and unnecessary battles that we have uh, over music in the, in the liturgy in particular. I think that translates or I think that transitions well to the next question that I wanted to kind of set the stage with, because I understand, Adam, that this is probably a very obvious question to you. It probably is you know, a very obvious question for our listeners, too. But why do you consider participation in the liturgy to be the life giving font of all we do as Catholics? And what does it mean to elevate the liturgy? Yeah. So, I mean, you can see in the, in the name that, that we've taken a right. very familiar phrase that we sometimes use in a cliche, you know, way. <clears throat> this, this idea comes from the Second Vatican Council, from the Constitution on the Sacred Liturgy, it's number Article 10, it says the liturgy is the summit toward which all things are directed and the font from which all, all the church's uh, power flows. And it can be easy to gloss over that, but if we pause to ponder the meaning of this phrase, it really paints a beautiful picture for how the liturgy and the other realms of the church's life uh, don't compete with each other, but they actually should be working harmoniously uh, on the church's uh, journey from source back to summit, right? So the, the idea of elevating the liturgy is sort of our aspirational slogan, right? It's like Nike's just do it. It doesn't tell you a whole lot, but it's, it's, you know, setting something that we all want to do. We all want to have elevated, uh, heightened, beautiful uh, prayer in celebration of liturgy. So what we mean is to place the liturgy upon the mountaintop of the church's life, upon Mount Tabor, where the 
uh, Christ, where, the, where the transfigured Christ is radiant before us. And he, you know, draws us, he reveals himself to us and draws us into a participation in that which relies above the mountaintop. And that's the liturgy of heaven, right? So this is what participation in the liturgy is about. It's a mountaintop experience. And we climb up to the mountaintop uh, with Peter, James, and John to, uh, to encounter Christ there. But we don't, we don't pitch our tents on the mountaintop, right? Uh, we have to go back down to the world. And actually, we, we, we are the ones who are poured out of the liturgy into the farthest reaches of the world to radiate and elevate the world around us, um, having been transformed there. So that's really the, the idea is that um, the realm of culture at large is the, at, at the mountain base. The realm of evangelization follows that. And as we, you know, proclaim Christ and, and, and uh, proclaim the gospel, we turn back toward the mountain and, you know, there's music that can evangelize. Uh, music can be very effective in, in evangelization. We move to the next realm, which is the realm of devotion and discipleship. And music has a really powerful role to play there too. But then when we transcend that, we arrive at the mountain peak and music has a very specific role there, right? And uh, so elevating liturgy, you know, really, I think, as the church presents it here is that we have an experience that's set apart and it's, it's something that uh, transcends and fulfills everything else that we do in these other realms. An experience that's set apart. I think that's that to me is a great summary of of the thoughts that you had there. And I think also that that's what we try and do, I think, as pastoral musicians. So I'm so glad that you highlight that. I'm so glad that you mentioned that, too. Now. I'm going to ask you a question. It may be a little bit challenging, but um, I, I want to address it because, of course, so many of us in the church have been ministering under unprecedented situations and circumstances because of COVID-19. So I'm going to ask you, what, what do you believe COVID taught us or teaches us when we didn't have a missile or the ability to sing at Mass? You know, I, I think that... Uh, what we experienced over the last year and really just in the last year and a half, we're just coming out of it now, aren't we? Um, was probably the greatest disruption in our liturgical lives that we've had in over 50 years. Right. right. Uh, and I think that's, that's interesting in many ways. Uh, I think that so often in our parishes, you know, we can get in habitual routines and we just kind of, as musicians, we can do the same thing year after year without really thinking about it and, and seeing a need to, you know, make a change. If, if it's not broken, why fix it? Right. And we just kind of continue, uh, you know, doing, doing the same things over and over again. Uh, and I think very often to pastors who might want to take on a process uh, of, of liturgical renewal in their parish might be afraid to, because they don't want to upset anyone. Right. Uh, I mean, everyone loves their songs and, and, and they, they, they're comfortable with the way that things are. So very often when, um, when we, we try to take on these efforts of, of renewing the liturgy, um, we're just afraid of creating that disruption. So fortunately for us, the disruption was delivered to us. None of us chose it. Um, I think the question for us is what are we going to do, you know, coming out of it? So I think it's a tremendous opportunity. Um, I, I, I believe, and I, I understand that about 60% of the missile and hymnal market uh, is, was kind of uh, lost, so to speak, uh, last year. And there are 
you know, the majority of parishes right now are in a position to choose a new resource if they'd like to. So that's, you know, one of the reasons why we're presenting the Source and Summit Missile during this time. Uh, and, you know, we just really believe that if we want to be serious about uh, confronting the real challenges that the church, is, the church faces right now, and that we've been facing even before COVID, um, we need to celebrate the liturgy well, because it is the font from which all other things flow. And, uh, and so it's not, it's not ancillary. It's at the heart of, uh, of the, of the challenge that we face. You said something interesting though. I want to stay on this for just one more second. You, you mentioned that, of course, you said about 60% of the, the hymnal and missile market was compromised or, you know, in a change last year. So why even use a missile at all, Adam? Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's one of the, the questions people are, are asking themselves. Um, and that's one of the reasons too, why, you know, we rolled out our digital platform uh, during the, you know, we actually launched right into a, 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 a pre-COVID context by about two weeks. I mean, we uh, made our big announcement in March of early March of 2020, and then the world shut down. So <laughs> it was kind of a, an oppor unique opportunity um, to help respond to these challenges that parishes were having. So the digital platform uh, is a, a, a liturgy preparation uh, platform, but it contains a number of music libraries, um, has um, uh, score customization, multi-format delivery. So you can actually prepare in order of worship with music and with readings and all the things that you need and deliver that through a, a, a unique share link that can be viewed on a mobile device. It can be uh, viewed on a tablet, um, you know, shared in a, in a flock note or some other kind of communication, printed in a booklet, uh, put in a parish bulletin, right? Or even projected on screen. So I think a lot of these different uh, mediums have been explored by parishes and maybe some might not go back to a missile. I agree with you. I also think that it's reevaluated to the things that we hold in the liturgy. Um, so what about printout worship aids? Is that still something that you could do? Absolutely. Yeah. The, the Source and Summit platform is really part, partly designed for that purpose. So uh, as you are putting together all the content and all the musical settings and readings and texts, and you can even upload your own content into this, into this platform, um, you can uh, export everything that you need to produce a worship aid or a booklet very quickly and very simply. Uh, and kind of in the not too distant future, you'll even be able to produce that booklet right in the application entirely, just, you know, in a very kind of uh, point and click efficient, uh, uh, seamless experience. You mentioned something too about store score customization. Could you talk about that for a second? Score customization is not something you can do on any other um, digital platform that, that's available. Uh, this means that uh, you know if you have a chant setting, which we have many of those, uh, it can be viewed in square notes, but with a single click, it can be converted into modern notation. That key can be changed to wherever you want uh, it to be. You can apply a harmonization or an accompaniment. You can add chord symbols. You can add and remove verses. You can, you know, format that however you want for the purpose that you intend to deliver it in. Uh, we have uh, over 400 hymns right now, and it's ever growing, and the same score customizations available there. So if you um, have a, you know, like 
take, you know, crown him with many crowns has like 12 verses and they're all amazing. You can't put them all in the hymnal. <laughs> Maybe you want to sing verse one, three, and, you know, 11. Um, you could just show those in your edition and maybe you want to sing it uh, a step down, right? So you can you can do that um, right in the application just with a couple clicks. What about copyright licensing? We've talked about a couple ways to use this, but what about copyright licensing in light of the missile? Yeah, so that's one of the, I think the unique values that Source and Summit can offer as well is that uh, we have a hassle-free licensing promise for all of the music that you uh, use on the platform. And really what that means is that you don't need to purchase any additional reprint license. With a single subscription, all of your licensing is, is taken care of, which includes you know, any, any way that you might want to use that um, for the purposes of your parish. And the way that we do this actually is that uh, the, the majority of the musical content on the platform is either in the public domain or is um, a part of the library of, of uh, like antiphon settings that, that we have produced and that we hold the rights to. Uh, or we have, you know, some essentials to so things like, um, oh God, beyond all praising or, or lift high the cross. You know, we have in our, um, in our subscription, a, uh, a, a, a reprint license that we extend to you. So you don't have to go and purchase that from another licensor that's included in your subscription. So the sub-licensing for those very few, um, you know, copyrighted uh, uh, musical settings from other publishers is sub-licensed and, uh, you know, directly to you. Let's talk about the overall look of the missile. So what should the average parishioner or pastoral musician look for in this type of resource, this missile, that they might not be used to seeing? Right. So, you know, on, on, the, on the one hand, the missile will contain most of the things that you would look for and expect uh, in, a, in a missile. You have lectionary readings for Sundays and, and major solemnities, et cetera. Uh, you have antiphons for daily masses, and there are um, uh, the scripture citations for, for daily mass as well, an order of mass, 12 mass settings, over 400 hymns, uh, a very kind of large, you know, beautiful selection of devotions in, in it as well. Uh, but really, the, I guess there are two key features that set it apart. One is that for the, uh, the antiphons for every day, um, they are set to be sung. So for Sundays and solemnities, you have three composed antiphons in modern notation that are uh, composed and arranged for congregational singing, uh, very easily learned and, and sung that are in line with the readings in the missile section. So you have entrance, offertory antiphon, and communion antiphon uh, for, for, all of, uh, for all of those parts of the mass, in addition to the responsorial psalm and alleluia. So that's, that's one of the most uh, differentiating features. You also have for daily mass, in addition to uh, Sundays, the antiphon text, not only in text form, but it's pointed so that it can be sung to one of eight simple antiphon tones that are on the, the, the inside cover of the back of the missile. So if you want to sing the, the antiphons in probably the simplest way imaginable, uh, that's available to you. And you can even do it every day. So that's, that's part one. Part two is the hymnal. So the hymnal 
uh, contains uh, over 400 hymns, 90 of them is the core repertoire of Spanish uh, hymnody that parishes are accustomed to, about 30 Latin hymns. And then within this, we have about 70, 60 to 70 uh, hymns from the Liturgy of the Hours. And these are um, tr English translations of the Liturgia Aurarum. Uh, you know, I'm not talking about the 70s edition. I'm talking about the, uh, you know, the, the hymns from uh, Bernard of Clairvaux and Gregory the Great and, and Thomas Aquinas and Saints in Every Age. Uh, and those are set to familiar metrical tunes. So they're very, very useful for, um, you know, various liturgies throughout the liturgical year, particularly for saints days and for uh, the higher privileged feasts throughout the year. Could you give us an example or two of the Spanish hymns that are included? Oh gosh, I'd have to pull up my, um, my list here. Uh, but really there are two different categories. Um, there are hymns that um, are, you know, translations of familiar English hymns. So you mm -hmm. have, uh, 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 how am I not uh, pulling it up from, from memory here? I was a music director in Phoenix for, for a decade, so I, <laughs> but that was a while ago. Um, like Jesus Christ is risen today, mm -hmm. in, in English, mm -hmm. for, for example. Mm -hmm. But then you have sort of that core of more, um, you know, familiar uh, uh kind of flory canto style uh, uh, hymns. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that's in the public domain and we know that parishes are familiar with them. So we've included all of that public domain content and have mm -hmm. parody with um, the kind of the leading Spanish hymnals. Okay, great. That's great. So let's just say that a pastor musician is listening to this. Maybe they, you know, they want to go in this different direction, but to be honest with you, Adam, maybe they their parish and they were not used to as much chant-based music in their liturgy. Um, how would a pastoral musician best introduce this resource into their parish when the parish might not be used to as much chant-based liturgical music? Yes. So if there's a desire to begin introducing the antiphons, right, at, at the mass, right? Um, the, you know, the desire is there. Now, how, how do we do it, right? Um, the, the, experience of most Catholics in this country is to sing a hymn at the beginning of mass, uh, a hymn at offertory, a hymn or two at communion, a hymn at the end. And you know what? You can still do that if you want to introduce the antiphons. You don't have to make a, co a cold turkey you know, switch over. Right. Um, what we usually recommend is to try to add these antiphons in without taking anything away. So if you uh, are accustomed to singing an opening hymn, still do that. Maybe sing two verses of your hymn. If, if the uh, priests and ministers might hold back the procession for maybe the first verse, right? Everyone stands, everyone sings. They process in during the second verse. And when the priest reaches the altar, switch to the entrance antiphon and the cantor can sing it even just once. Everyone can listen. Uh, these settings in the missal everyone can sing. So, you know, the choir can, you know, and, and, you know, with some repetition, people can start to assimilate that style, uh, sing a couple of verses, but what's very important is for the priest then to chant, even if, if he would, you know, in the name of the father and the son of the Holy spirit, you get that seamless transition mm -hmm. from the chanted antiphon right into the chanted order of mass. And then he says, Brothers and sisters, as we just heard in our entrance antiphon today, the Lord calls us to come and bow down before him and worship him. And so let us call to mind our sins, you know, so that we can, um, we have to help people understand what they are, you know, mm -hmm. if this is coming out of left field and so forth. 
Uh, and you can do the same thing with communion. You can sing the entrance the communion chant or antiphon. There's still plenty of time to sing a hymn or a choral, you know, motet, whatever you want to do. Um, but the more that we can reference them and help people understand uh, what they are, and they start to hear the way that they're connected to the liturgy of the day. You know, the, the, the communion often quotes the gospel, for example. The entrance antiphon articulates a theme. It's Gaudete Sunday, and we just sang rejoice in the Lord always, right? So it's a, a great way for people to understand um, the, you know, the, the value of these scriptural texts that belong to the liturgy itself. It, it also indicates to me, though, that it would be something that, to be to be totally honest, it seems like it would be something that needs to be understood also mutually with the clergy, where we would have that same aligned vision, mm -hmm. so that, of course, they would know the entrance antiphon, but to remind them to connect and do that connection mm -hmm. as their um, almost ex, you know extemporaneous speech at the beginning of the liturgy as he starts to, to, to center everyone. Um, mm -hmm. It sounds like that would be a good opportunity to build that relationship with the music and the efforts of the clergy. Without a doubt. And I think the, the other thing too, you know, I, I don't know how often uh, priests would preach on a hymn, you know, maybe from time to time, they might say, we'll okay. sing this hymn during communion today. And I wanted to pull this inside out. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, you know, the general instruction of the Roman Missal says that preaching, liturgical preaching can, can be in reference to any liturgical text. Mm -hmm. So if they start preaching on the antiphons and, you know, connecting the responsorial Psalm to, you know, a part of the gospel and we have, you know, it, it really starts to help people start thinking and seeing the value and really deriving, you know, uh, uh, spiritual value from those texts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So a couple more questions before we wrap up here. So We've alluded to it, but I kind of want to circle back and ask again, just to crystallize it. How does Source and Summit help parishes renew the liturgy on a local level? Yeah. So we really do that in three ways. Uh, the first is through the missile. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're trying to put, um, you know, everything that you would need in the hands of your, your parishioners to start singing the mass even more, you know, particularly through the, the antiphons uh, and the core repertoire of hymnody. Uh, the second is through the digital platform, which is this very innovative and comprehensive uh, tool. There's really nothing else like it uh, out there. Uh, and it you know, puts the riches of the liturgy at your fingertips is what we really like to say and makes that mm. task easy. Because very often when you're trying to prepare a sung liturgy that's you know, singing the liturgical texts, you have to have you know, a dozen books on your shelf and you're trying to figure out you know, what common was it that I was using and what about this setting and I need an accompaniment and I mean, you're smiling, you probably know, you know that, that problem, right? It's, it very, it's challenging. It so you know, this is one, one screen, point and click, everything that you need is there. So it makes it easy. And then third uh, is our academy that's really just beginning to roll out in the academy is, is providing just training and, and very you know, simple and clear um, formation resources to help you prepare your cantors and to prepare your choir and, and um, answer the questions that you might have as well and uh, kind of to be there as a guide. If someone wants to learn more about Source and Summit or get a closer look at the missile or the digital platform, where and how can they take a look at it? So you just go to sourceandsummit.com, www.sourceandsummit.com, and you can uh, preview digital uh, uh, contents of the missile there or request a sample copy. 
and those are all going to be shipping out uh, in September. Uh, you can sign up for a free 30-day trial on the digital platform and get immediate access. Uh, and, um, you know, again, completely free, no need to enter a credit card or anything like that. Uh, and you can, you know, learn more about our mission and vision uh, on the website as well, sourceandsummit.com. Great. Any other closing thoughts, anything I may have missed that you want to mention? Gosh, well, I don't know. I'm just, you know, grateful for the invitation to, to be with you and uh, to, you know, present these resources, the parishes, you know, as I said, I think that we're just in a really kind of uh, unusual time in uh, the life of the church right now. And we didn't plan to be releasing this into a pandemic and post pandemic context, <laughs> but it's really kind of a, kind of a unique opportunity. So I would just say that, you know, if any, any pastoral musicians have the desire to begin, you know, singing the antiphons or to, you know, to have congregations sing them effectively as well. Um, you know, give, uh, give Source and Summit a shot. I would, would really love to talk with you and, and give you a personal demo of the platform uh, and, you know, answer any questions that you might have. Adam, I'm so grateful for your time today. I mean, it's, you, you mentioned to me at the start before we started recording that you've been doing quite a few of these types of things. And so I'm grateful that you were willing to get into the nuts and bolts today, a little bit of the specifics, especially the digital platform with us today. And I'm just grateful for your time because I know you're really busy as you're, you're really going in full launch mode. So thank you. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you for Source and Summit and really hoping with all of your efforts that we continue to renew and strengthen that love of the liturgy so that we as disciples can go out into the world and do our job and do our mission. Yeah, well, thanks be to God. And thank you, Amanda, as well for the invitation. Delight uh, to be with you. And, um, you know, hopefully we can continue to collaborate and support, you know, uh, your efforts too, in whatever way we can. That would be great. That would be great. Thanks so much to Adam for his time today. For more information about Source and Summit, check out the show notes of this episode at ministrymonday.org. The recording of O Salutaris Hostia was produced by GAA Publications, and today's theme music was produced by Aaron Schaus. Today's episode of Ministry Monday was produced by me, Amanda Bruce. That's it for today. With the Spirit's gifts empowering us for the work of ministry, thanks for listening. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next Monday.